Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear Future Children. I'm Connor. And I'm Jocelyn. And this is our weekly podcast where we tell our children everything we can't tell our younger selves. Because trust me, we could have used it. Hello, everybody. Good evening. This is our first road trip episode podcast. Road trip. Very excited about the audio of this. We're kind of experimenting. And we also realized we haven't done a show in a really long time. It's been a while. Which I guess if you're doing something as a couple sort of to have fun and annoy your family, that's probably acceptable. But we've missed this and we've missed you. So we're back. We are back. It has been a while. A lot has happened, which I'm sure over the course of our latest installment of our 20-minute to three-hour podcast... (laughs) Some of it will come through. Uh, we'd give an update at the top, but then again, that would just double this podcast in length. But. That would get us into the six-hour range, and we're really trying to avoid that this time. Yeah. So we are driving back from probably one of the more, if not the most beautiful wedding I've ever been to, Brendan and Claire. Congratulations, Brendan and Claire. Congratulations, Brendan and Claire. And we were talking a lot about, you know, obviously we love Brendan. I met Brendan and Connor literally at the same time when my mother forced me to talk to both of them at freshman orientation. She was like, I've met the two dreamiest men at Catholic University. You should meet them both. I <laughs> I will say this forever, okay? I thought <laughs> Brendan was my type and I thought Connor was a tool. That one is well. Well, I am a tool <laughs> and Brendan is very good looking. Claire, right, that's true. Claire's a lucky woman. Claire's also very good looking. Claire's, yeah, I mean, they're lucky. Like, that, like, that's part of it is what was so beautiful about, you know, the, the lead up to, like, everything that I, I was one of the groomsmen that I've been involved with through this process. And through even just, like, being one of Brendan's close friends throughout the bidding. It's just, like, seeing they're both incredible people. They're, like, beautiful, truly inside and out, through and through. And it's just been lovely to see you know, their love grow and then this wedding truly is like the fulfillment of that and as such an embodiment of that. Um, yeah. And we both, we both, uh, you know, we're obviously, so we're on this seven hour car ride back to DC and because we're insufferable, it feels like five minutes because we would spend seven hours talking anyway. Literally. Literally. And we were talking about you know how we know so many amazing couples where you're around them and you just feel enlivened and energetic and excited not just about romantic love but just about everything and and you know Brandon and Claire are definitely one of those couples but then we were talking about sort of dead zone relationships and we have both been in a few but or being around them you know not not our friends of course because all our friends are perfect but Come on, man. I mean, we all know these couples where it's sort of unclear why they're together and not even necessarily because they're fighting all the time, but just those couples where it's like, do you, do you two like each other? Do you enjoy each other's company? And we started talking about settling and how pervasive and pernicious it is in American culture and also why, oh my goodness, if, if you like we have both had at different points have any person like any family member who's like oh you're too picky just you know everything every person can't be everything please don't listen to that do not settle for don't do it because 
life is short. Being single is incredible. It really is. Or it can be depending on, you know, obviously everything is bad when you're marginalized. So I'm saying this as someone who the last time she was single was financially privileged enough to be able to pay her own bills and everything of that category. But generally speaking, all else being equal, being single can be great if you have the right attitude about it and the right perspective on it, which is that there is nothing more lonely than being in a bad relationship. Yeah, and like part of what we were talking about with regards to settling and just, you know, the dating scene in general is the, the different ways of viewing dating and what it is and what its purpose is, basically. And it's like not, you know, not every relationship you get into from, you know, the years of your youth is going to be with the person you marry. And so it's like, one, viewing dating as a trial run, as, as testing out, engaging what you do and don't like and do and don't want in a relationship, both from yourself and from your partner. Um, and, you know, there were other married couples in our friend group that were at this wedding, and they all, had, like, had had past relationships that, like, and for me and Jocelyn, well, like, we learned from those past relationships. And then that leads you to, you know, figure out, it's like, okay, what of that last relationship did work, what didn't work, and then you take that moving forward, and then you can enter into another relationship, and maybe it just lasts a few weeks, a few months, a few chats back and forth, and you can kind of, you learn to gauge, it's like, you know what, this is a nice person, but this isn't going to be a long-term thing, and then related to what Jocelyn was saying about part of that comes from being happy you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but be happy in your own skin. Learn to enjoy your singleness, not as singleness or, you know, lack of a partner, but just as being, and just, like, being around and learn to just be happy, because that's also figuring out what you like to do, what you don't like to do, how, what you need in your life to feel happy, to feel properly supported, to feel comfortable, to feel safe. All of these things are things that you need to have knowledge of to be a healthy half of a healthy partnership and relationship. Yeah, and as you're talking, I was thinking about a few different things. One is that as you're talking about learning, I really do believe, and I didn't come up with this, a lot of spiritual disciplines point this out, we're here to learn and we're here to connect with each other, with ourselves, with nature even you know I mean I don't think it's really a simplification to say the meaning of life is to love and to learn as much as you can and when you view relationships and really every experience in life as an opportunity to do both of those things you get out of the Venus flytrap that this is this culture's horrible heteronormative idea of wasted time you know what I'm talking about it's like this woman goes through a breakup at 35 and maybe she'd been dating her partner for six years or something and then all the gossipy aunts and uncles start to be like oh my god she wasted so much time on him she wasted so much time on him what is she gonna do now and it's just like that's just such a warped and ridiculous way of looking at life We are not put here to be breeders. We are not put here to be biological child makers. And I'm saying this as somebody who wants biological kids, of course, or adopted kids or foster kids, whatever. We want to start a family. But ultimately, ultimately, relationships, though that might be something you want to do within your partnership, 
you really, 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 please, I am begging you, as the byproduct of not one, but several unhappy partnerships, please do not get into a partnership to have a child. If you really want to have children, please get creative and find a way to make that goal happen regardless for yourself. So you are not bringing a kid who didn't do anything to you, okay, into what might be a toxic or or a romantic relationship that was just made in bad faith assumptions that kids have to be in a marriage, so I'm going to marry this person. Do you even like them? Like, seriously. <laughs> well, and, you know, another thing um, Jocelyn and I talk about, because we do want to have a family, and we talk about that a lot, and one thing that we think is very important is to be able to both independently for ourselves and collectively as a couple and as a parental unit model happiness and model joy for our children so that they know moving forward like that they see this model from the first time they lay eyes on us and like as they grow up they learn what it looks like to be happy and joyful as a as an individual and happy and joyful as a partner both for yourself and your partner wanting you to be happy and joyful so that they can see that and learn from a young age like to expect that like that is the baseline for partnership um and even we talk about this a lot also in friendships you should seek that out in your friends as well like not you know hot take heard it here first your friends should want you to be happy um and if you start hooking up with your friends you might also find your marital partner so lots of uh lots of advice here tonight that's us we're we're not disclosing anything that happened at this wedding amongst the groomsmen nothing definitely happened at all except for connor and potentially i think every groomsman but you know what i'm open-minded we're just bros bros. i have always wanted you to explore that side of yourself and that is not a joke (laughs) um it's not a joke she's yeah look i just don't know if i believe in heterosexuality i feel like it's a trend that's going out of style that's not the point it's had its moment it's had its moment i think enough is enough but (laughs) So we do talk about that a lot, right? Because you see all these people, and especially in our parents and grandparents' generation, who they marry people because they feel like they have to, and so they settle for someone who maybe they like one or two or five things about them, but there's not a deep spiritual compatibility or romantic compatibility or sexual compatibility. I'm just going to say it. How do you think those kids are going to get here? And well, I guess you could adopt, but that's not the point. The point is, you want to be, if you're going to do a marriage with someone, which is the most legally, sexually, romantically, emotionally, logistically intimate you will ever be with another person, unless I guess parent-child, but very different energy. Very different energy. Very different energy. You are becoming a family with someone. You should be so passionate about them. You are going to spend more time with this person than you will spend with anyone over the course of your lifetime. And it's bizarre to me that the advice given to people, because we do have marital supremacy in this culture, is like, okay, so just like find someone with a good job who you generally think wouldn't cheat on you too much. And um, yeah, passion, that's not real. That's like infatuation. That's a sex thing. No, it's not. And you know how I know that? Because I am marrying someone that I did not sleep with for 11 years, unfortunately. I really wish I'd done that at least a few years earlier. Very, yeah. But... Seconded. (laughs) Seconded. Uh, 
<laughs> but the reality is that this myth that we're not actually supposed to like our marital partners that much and it's fine to enter in partnerships we're sort of bored or just indifferent to is bizarre. And I think it comes from the fact that for so many generations, marriage really was about building capital. It was about religion. It was about bearing children. And it's just not anymore because congratulations to all the genders listening to this. You can do that stuff on your own now, which there are a lot of problems with American capitalism, but I'm a big fan of this one. If you're a woman and you want to acquire enough economic power to have kids on your own, or even can join forces with friends or family to help have them help raise your kid like a village or in a village, you can do that. You do not need a man to do those things anymore. And as a result, marriage is becoming something very different. Yeah, and I think another thing that we also talk about as it relates to settling is like, oh, like the clock keeps 30 and it's like, all right, especially ladies, but you know, it happens everywhere. They're like, well, like if you want to have kids, it's like now or never. It's like, well, no, like, biological clocks are a thing, and we also talk about, you know, like, you want to have kids when you're young enough to, like, be around for as much of their life as possible and watch them grow old as well, but, you you know, adoption is a thing, and again, like, there are a wide range of, like, abilities to have children that, like, yes, maybe your biological clock or, you know, infertility is a thing that, you know, people struggle with, but, you know, there are many avenues to having a family if that's what you want. And because that's another area where a lot of pressure gets exerted on people to settle. It's like, well, you want to have a family, and you just turned 30, so the next person you make eye contact with, <laughs> you should propose to them. Ask and, them their intentions now. It's like, no, it's like there are a lot of levels of compatibility, and it gets to dating experience, it gets to knowing yourself, but it also gets to... Yeah, I mean, like, ultimately not settling. I completely lost my train of thought, so I'm going to allow Jocelyn to jump back in here. Well, you brought up a lot of things, and as usual, I can tell we might go for a long time because I think this is something we both feel really passionate about. I have just seen dead zone relationships steal so much life force from people I love and just from people in general, and I think about the creative energy that they could have channeled had they made a different decision, had they decided to really just take up space being single and use the time you're not spending on a partnership on your creative hobbies, your intellectual hobbies, your spirituality, or heck, I'm going to say something crazy, dating casually, enjoying the freedom and liberation of please be safe, having casual encounters, because that's something. And I don't just mean be safe for condoms. I mean, be emotionally safe. Don't have casual interactions with people who treat you poorly. But every worthwhile thing out there in life is not wrapped up in marriage. So do not do marriage or even just long-term partnering with someone unless there's someone that is just like blows you so completely out of the water. You feel like, okay, I would be incredibly foolish to let the opportunity to do life with this person pass me by. Exactly. And part of, you know part of that is is like those all every encounter every experience you have like is an opportunity to learn something from and so i think another problem that we've talked about in the past is post breakup and you know like the post breakup you know breakdown everyone's talking about it. it's like the person with these either horrible or like you let them get away and just need to be horrendously depressed forever and it's like <laughs> no it's like 
you know, unpack what from that relationship did I like? Why, like, why am I sad? And you'd like sit in that silence and be like, I am sad because A, B, and C are things that I liked. But then, okay, but if I was like, was I ever like fully, deeply happy in a way? Figure out, you know, in a positive, constructive way, what you didn't like about that. And then, you know, this is going to be awkward, but like those, if you're in a relationship that like doesn't make you feel that just like wholehearted joy, then own that and be like, okay, are there things that we can work on to get either back to or work towards such a deep happiness? And if it's not there, then again, don't settle, you know, like don't sit in a relationship and it can be, you know, I've had relationships that even only lasted a few months that I felt like I did give too much time to, but rather than say, oh, my oh I wasted time, um, it's kind of like, you know what, I, I learned from those. They were ultimately positive growth experiences that I learned from that led me to finally find the love of my life who had been in my life for only 12 years. Small, small. Please wait 12 years to hook up with people, though. We really don't, believe that. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, because the other thing is, like, it was, you know, years ago when I was a bartender and Justin and I were both, you know, casually dating and, like, you know, somehow... Not each other. Not each other. Literally. <laughs> we're sitting... At, I'm working. She comes into my bar to do some work. Um, and it's, you know, early snows there. And we're just chatting about our dating lives and how it's like, you know what, like, one of these people... Like, it's not really working. It's not great, but I don't know. It's, like, with what I want in a partner, like, realistically, okay. am I ever going to find that? And we then proceed to, like, list just an exact description of each other. It's like, yeah, that person doesn't exist. And then, you know, fast forward to 2021, and guess what? Like, we were literally right in front of each other. Um, okay, but he's making this way less funny than it actually is. It was more like this. Connor would be like, I just feel like I don't... She's just not, like, extroverted enough for me, you know? And I want a woman who's Catholic but progressive and, like, also has a really high sex drive and also really likes politics. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm looking for those same qualities. <laughs> only. It's so unrealistic, though. So Yeah, unrealistic. we're not going to find it. Anyway, do you want another drink? And we kind of, <laughs> like, almost looked at our bus. It's like, yeah, I guess we're both going to have to settle. And that's kind of our point is we, as you have learned by now, are the most intelligent and psychic people <laughs> on this planet. And even we, brilliant beings. So, um, so smart. to see this. Um, and, and it also does relate to something <laughs> that, you know, we've mentioned before as well and what I had touched on earlier. And truthfully, like, the importance of, like, cultivating this joy and happiness in your friendships as well. Because it was because Jocelyn and I did become so incredibly close as friends over 10 years that, like, clearly, you know, our souls were drawn to each other not to be super hippie dippy lovey about it. But, you know, I do think we are soulmates and that was the real draw that pulled us together. But in spite of being just completely very somehow blind to the thing that literally everyone else saw that we had that real connection, we still cultivated and worked on our friendship and relationship because we made each other happy and we wanted the other to be happy. And that should be something that is kind of the bar for whether or not people get time in your life. And if they don't cross that bar, then spend some time alone finding things that you can do to bring yourself that happiness and joy and then as you do those things i don't know join a chess club join a taekwondo club join you know a local sports league join an online gaming community join a club that does dnd while doing taekwondo on a life-size chessboard. get really creative 
because, and this is very true, the spiritual fortitude that comes with being single is an absolute prerequisite for being a strong half of a partnership. Because you're really, I mean, I'm, you know, we're trotting out a lot of cliches tonight, but we have been in the car a long time. Uh, Your partnership is only as strong as your weakest link. And we talk about this a lot. You know, Connor and I are both very passionate about being equals. And one of the things that held me back from us getting together is like, Connor was still figuring out some professional stuff and what he really wanted to do long term. And I, you know, with the freedom that comes with friendship was like, Connor, I can't, I am very, very, very happy with my career and I'm very established. I can't be with someone who isn't on that level because the power dynamic that would create between us would not be healthy for us long term. Like, let's say we won the lottery tomorrow. Great. It's not about money. It's about the fact that we need to be on equal spiritual level playing field. And that, you know, I have so much I want to say on this part, especially, but this comes to when we say don't settle, we don't just mean don't settle for a person that you're not passionate about. We also mean do not settle for a lesser version of the partnership you're in. Because I know like from the bottom of my heart and soul that Connor is my soulmate because of that deep compatibility we had when we were best friends. And, you know, even when we were like fighting over the dumb stuff, 22 year olds will take highly personally. Very dumb stuff. Very, oh my gosh. We will probably bore you all with that at some point, but, but we just, there was this deep comfort and deep compatibility that came from having the same values, being very extroverted, being very adventurous and being very warm, compassionate people who see the best in other people and the best in ourselves and as a result just felt this deep spiritual river of like affection for us that was always present even when we were fighting it's just this unconditional love and that's great right but so one thing that Claire's father said in the wedding toast was do you know work really hard to make sure that you feel about that person in 60 years the way you feel about them tonight. And that was one of the many moments I was like, damn, I wish I had my journal. Because exactly, I mean, there's so many things with me and Connor, whether it's old college drama or, yeah, like the, the stress created by two very different professional situations or the stress that I had a studio apartment, he had roommates, and that our housing was really messed up. There are so many things that would have broken us up had we just let them lie dormant and not discuss them directly and aggressively because we're not going to settle for a version of our marriage and our partnership that is less than what it could be. And we're not going to rest on the laurels of like, oh, we love each other more than anyone, so we're just going to coast. No, because that's how you grow apart from each other. When it gets to another recurring trend, we talk about open and honest communication you know with yourself is first and foremost always because like when here with your partner but you know I mean uh Joss and I were very happy like but there were things that you know through her open and honesty and things that she had learned from past relationships and just that both she was in and that she witnessed was like yeah and that I was also aware of and it was like they were difficult conversations at times to, you know, have that discussion about I am not happy where I am professionally either and I know that I am still piecing this together and in order for us to have this happiness that 
is the root of our love and our relationship. To have this continue to blossom and grow and be there long term, we need to work this out. And while we're working it out, we need to always be able to dialogue about it. And that we're working on and that for, you know, for Jocelyn to like come to me and have those discussions. Yeah, sometimes it's awkward, but that's the thing is like not settling for it's like, okay, well, this is a pretty good relationship and you know, I'm enjoying it, we're close, we're friends. So like there are those things that aren't ideal about it, but you know, I guess we'll deal with them. Like, no, they're fine. You know, just kind of like sweep it under the rug type deal. And it's like, no, even in a relationship that for me, you know, once I realized after kissing Jocelyn, what my real feelings were for her, it was just, you know, (laughs) like the world just looked different, you know? Uh, it just, it was eye opening that it's like, this is what it feels like to love with your whole heart and your whole self. Um, to like really feel completed but even then so it's like anything that stands in the way of that I want us to tackle together which is something that Justin said that like the difference between viewing it as you know us versus each other in a fight versus, as opposed to us versus the problem and in order to view it as us versus the problem when one or the other of us has an issue with anything rather than just sit and be like oh well we're really happy so that's just you know nothing's perfect it's like okay, but, like, our love is, and so let's, like, work on anything that gets in the way of that. Oh, be my as, gosh. as complicated as the fact that, yeah, I was, like, very much not even close to where I wanted to be professionally. Um, you know, or it can be something as small as, okay, like, those of you who know me, microwave beeps really bother me. It's not at all a big thing, but, like, it could be something as small as that, that it's like, hey, babe, like, when you, like, you know, so it's like whatever your little thing is, because the little things add up to big things, and then all of a sudden, 20 years later, I'm storming out of the house because the microwave is beeping or whatever. And because uh, the little things add up to feeling not close to your partner and feeling and like they don't hear hurt. you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow, Jinx. <laughs> you owe me a fifth coffee at some point. <laughs> sort of kidding, sort of not. I So, yeah, and I think the job thing with Connor is really really the perfect example here because Connor's a really hard worker. He's really passionate about a lot of things and has done some very cool things. And it would have been easy for me as the female partner to be like, well, I've got an amazing man. I love him. So like, I'm just like, not gonna bring that up. I don't want to make him feel weird, but emasculate him. Yeah, exactly. Woman, bread maker. We're all about that. But that, and that is awesome. But it's like, but you still need Equality. Sorry. So you said bread maker instead of Fred Winner, which is like kind of the opposite okay. energy. But uh, no, but like I love that. Yeah, I no, am also the literal he's bread maker. Literally well. the bread maker. <laughs> um, but no, but what what ended up happening is like I think a really great example of not only not settling for a partner who's not what you want, but not settling for the version of the relationship with that person that's less than what you want. Connor took the very bold move of, you know, leaving the job he was at to find something he was more passionate about. And after a few very stressful months, did in fact find something that he's very, very passionate about. He's working for a PR firm and he loves it and loves his colleagues. And it's something that you know, taps into all his political passions and passion for news and media and yeah. And, and we're obviously happier than ever. And perhaps more importantly, happier than we would have been had we settled for draft one of our relationship 
where I'm doing work I love and Connor isn't and we're both just kind of like okay let's just like try to not bring that up and then also as we've been discussing since I've gotten this job where it's like say Jocelyn had never in the early goings brought up that it was difficult for her um and that it was putting strain on the relationship which I was also aware of but you know, had neither one of us ever brought that up and had that discussion, then all of a sudden, again, it would be, you know, maybe now, maybe a month, a month from now, where, you know, we have, you know, a tiny fight over, I don't know, who's picking up our next round of coffees, because we do drink a lot of coffee, and then all of a sudden it devolves into, because it's always, you know, little things that expose what is hidden underneath. So it's like if we had never had any discussion about that and the stress it did put on our relationship while it was putting stress on our relationship, then it would have eventually just blown up. And even though we have been close friends for over a decade, you know, months of suppressing a legitimate difficulty in the relationship is something that's really hard to overcome. That's just like shaking up a soda bottle. Yeah. And then it just, you know, you pop the cap and you can't do anything about it versus if, you know, it's only a little, you kind of like let it out a little bit at a time, you can do it without all the soda overflowing. So it's like, that's the relationship. It's like, let it out in a healthy way, have healthy dialogue as it is going on and say, hey, you know, this is bothering me or, you know, I'm doing this that is contributing to this negativity or whatever it is. Because also, I think more importantly, even if we could have gotten over, or in any relationship, we can get over that big fight, there's now, you know, seven, eight, nine months of precedent in both, in, that, in learned behavior that you've taught yourself of suppressing and hiding a major issue in the relationship rather than talking about it and being open about it. So that's not being honest with yourself, it's not being honest with your partner, and so there's not that rude openness and honesty that is essential to happiness because it's openness and honesty to me about what I need to be happy and to my partner about what they need to be happy and what we need to be happy and if you have like taught yourself to just suppress 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 then be it little things or big things in the future especially I've heard that raising children is not exactly a walk in the park and wait it comes really with some at least minor difficulties see I haven't heard uh, that that's yeah, so interesting yeah wild you learn so uh, much and so things will come up in any relationship, even if you don't want to have kids and choose not to have children. Um, like, relationships come with difficulties. Like, any relationship, family, friends, partners, uh, coworkers, whatever. And so at all of those levels, you always need to be practicing honesty and openness about what I want. And then again, especially as Justin has said, this is, you know, my fiance who I plan on spending my life with and you know we want to spend all of our time together well I you know I want to spend all of my time with her. I want to be with her. but I think like that's kind of the thing is you know you should want, you should want your romantic partner who you want to spend your life with to be someone who yeah when you have downtime when you're enjoying you know yourselves whatever you're doing on vacation sitting at home working mid-work calls like like you just have a deep desire to be in each other's presence and if there's an established history of tiny issues not being resolved then they're just gonna like little planting little seeds of like oh i want to be with them but like oh what if they do this little thing yes right, well, i'm just gonna go you know whatever and this isn't to say like take space also everyone has different levels of like always be able to, but that also 
being able to say, hey, I need to take some space without, so Jocelyn can say that, and I'm not sitting in the room being like, oh, what did I do? What did I do? Why is she upset? Versus me, you know, like, yeah, sometimes she just wants to go on a walk. Like, that is indicative of nothing. <laughs> because I know that if it was indicative of something, she would have told me why she needed to take some space and go on a walk, as opposed to being like, no, I just need to go on a, on a, walk, on a headphone walk. Okay, cool. I'll be here, you know, cuddling with Aria, my cat. Um, It's so funny you say that. Yeah, I am a very direct partner. A colleague called me uh, conflict avoidant a couple weeks ago, and Connor was in the room, and we both started laughing. I mean, I was on mute because, look, I am conflict avoidant in work because I'm a professional. I'm very passionate about my team and my career. So I do. I, like, you know, to the best of my ability, try to avoid anyone, you know, you can't always, as Connor's pointing out, every relationship needs as much honesty as can be appropriately managed. But with Connor, I'm crazy honest, crazy honest. Like he'll do something small and I'll be like, so I just need to point out uh, that small thing that I know is small because I'm a logical person brought back that year we lived with those people and I'm feeling very resentful towards you right now. So I'm going on a walk. And to be clear, it is because I'm mad at you. I'm you know? not exaggerating. Like, That's also important because then, for me, <clears throat> I know what it's about. Rather than me sitting there, because this has also happened where I can be a bit of an overthinker. You know, shocker to those who know me. And so she'll come back and I'll just apologize for like 13 things. And then she'll be like, well, actually, I wasn't mad about those. But now that you bring them up, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yes. Um, no, but like, it's true. And, you know, I mean, it is hard or not hard. So we do, and this gets to what I was going to say, I think in flow charts, I'm a very, like, I'm not going to say I'm a linear thinker, but in this way I am, causality, right? The first thing people really need before they can find their soulmate is how to be a soulmate. And we've said that on here before a lot, and I believe it very, very strongly. It's, you know, Connor and I obviously both are sad that we didn't get together sooner, it would have been cool to have gotten together at 25 and had a whole decade to travel together before we, you know, start trying to get pregnant up top. Boom. Uh, but, <laughs> and, you know, but realistically, I... Life is a highway. Life is a highway. This is a highway. Everything's a highway. We are literally on a highway right now. Anyway, uh, we both really benefited from spending our 20s both single and in relationships that did not work out. And so I have so much to say about my exes. And for the sake of this podcast, it's all good. But I I can say with my entire heart that I am very grateful to all spiritual powers that I did not marry any of them because it just wasn't a good fit, you know? And for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it was because you know, I or they had other issues that were, you know, we were bringing into the relationship, but more frequently it was just for like banal reasons. Very, very, very banal of like, okay, like, you know, Connor is the first partner I've ever had where he has every single thing I could ever want and more. And it has made me just so grateful that all that other stuff didn't work. And it's why it makes me so sad when people talk about wasting time. Oh, you wasted time on that person. No, you didn't because a couple things. You learned a lot about yourself. You learned a lot about life. You learned things that you can apply to your next serious partnership if you choose to get in another one. 
And with that serious partnership, if you do find your soulmate, and again, I'm not one of those people that thinks you need a soulmate to feel alive and creative or anything like that. But when you do, you are going to appreciate that person so much more because of everything your exes didn't have that you needed. Connor and I both have both dated very introverted people in the past and it was very draining for us. And it's not because there's anything wrong with being introverted. It's because we are so socially energetic. We want someone who can keep up with us. And that's a perfect example of something that's not evil, obviously. They probably think we're ridiculous, and we are. But we we also are little things. So Connor and I want travel to be a big part of our marriage. That was something that was missing in a lot of partnerships where... You know, everyone says they like to travel, but enjoying travel and wanting to travel constantly, very different energies. And so this flow chart that I was about to bring, here's what we all need. We all need space to date the wrong people, to be solitary, to generally spiritually center who are we, what are we doing on this planet, and to become people who are not going to be derailed by the pressure to marry and partner and have kids just because somebody's available for that. Because look, if you're listening to this, you're intelligent, you're attractive, you have lots of great things about you. Lots of people will want to marry you, right? And you know, obviously if you've been married before or have kids with people that didn't work out, that's fine too, obviously. But I imagine if you're single, you want your next partnership to be with someone that has everything you need to feel joyful in a partnership. And the best part about being alone is that you get to explore yourself in ways you can't, you can't do even in the right partnership. Right. Because with Connor, I mean, I technically could be like, Hey, I'm going to Europe for six months, but that would be kind of messed up. I would miss you. I would miss you too. I think that's also part of it is, uh, you know, you should, um, want to spend time with your partner you know hot take or to hear first um but um the other thing that you know i was going to say earlier um as it relates was like don't settle for your like just as we were saying don't settle for you know a partner that isn't you know your best fit don't settle for a relationship with that partner that isn't the best don't settle for like yourself not being your best self oh yes you know, like I could be, you know, it's like, yes, you know, I'm very, very in the culture that I can date anyone and, <laughs> and I can just have the perfect relationship with any person that has ever been born. It's like, okay, yeah, I could, ha- I'm a nice guy, I'm an agreeable person, I'm a good communicator, I could have a relationship, sure. Um, but, you know, it's like, it's also, you know, it's not fair to you and it's not fair to the other person. That's the other thing. If, if it's not a perfect relationship, um, you know, see what you can do about it. But if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. People break up a lot. Not, you know, not every relationship that starts ends in marriage. And that's fine because nor should it. Um, and so have that honesty about what you are and what you can take and what you want in a relationship to be able to really fully understand, you know, what do I want? You know, Justin and I are pretty outgoing people. Justin and I want to travel. Um, there are a lot of things Justin and I do want. Um, and there are some things that we can compromise on, for sure. And that's it. It's like, what can you compromise on? What can you not compromise on? Um, and 
part of that, again, just to be able to know what you can and can't compromise on in a relationship, you know, you need to know how strongly and what to what degree you want it. And that's, you know, the travel is related to my, you know, to my work. It's like, if I can't afford to go anywhere, um, then that brings a dynamic into our relationship. If, if we want to travel, Jocelyn would be paying for all of it. And is that something that, you know, you know, t- you know, survey says from the audience, like, that's a lot of pressure on any relationship for one person to be making all of the money. And well, then, oh, sorry, baby. Um, so then, like, then all the decisions that are made, you know, are, you know, you're going to be with that underpinning, which, again, with open and honest communication with yourselves and with each other, can be completely overcome, for sure. That's something that we have dealt with for the last few months, where it's like, she was bringing in well more than most of the money um, compared to what I was making when I was working and then, like, was not making when I was not working. Um, and so, but in the long term, you know, how sustainable is that in any relationship? Um, and that's just, you know, one example that I am using. But, you know, for everything that you do, it needs to be... Well, and, you know, not to interrupt you, but I know you have to focus on the road for a minute. I do, yes. <laughs> yes. This would, it would be very bad if we got in a car crash because we were podcasting. Also, probably kind of not shocking to anyone. But anyway, that's fine. This is fine. I love that you said, you just said that way better than what I was trying to say, baby. Like, don't settle for a version of yourself you don't like. That's kind of what I was trying to say. Being single is an opportunity to not settle for a version of yourself that you don't want to grow into because it is way harder to engage in personal transformation once you're in a partnership because then the spiritual walk becomes way more about who you are as a couple, who you are as a family. And obviously a big part of that is still continuing to be an individual in that family system and making sure that you're not getting subsumed or enmeshed and that's great but you know I know one of Connor's regrets is that he you know some of the things that he's worked on while we're together he's kind of like you know I should have really well I mean just mostly the professional stuff we were talking about I should have done more professional discerning when I was single because like it's easier to do that when you're single and it's easier to do that when you're not dating the person you're gonna marry But, you know, the flip side is when you are in a partnership where both people are giving it 200%, you can kind of overcome stuff that's not really easy to do. And I'm pretty idealistic. I think that includes things that people don't like to talk about, like difficulties in the bedroom or infidelity or whatever. But the big caveat is you want to make sure that that is the person you actually it is actually worth doing all that work for because if it's not write your novel see the world you know work on your economic future your political future whatever the world is filled with so many beautiful spiritual wonderful opportunities do not waste that energy on a relationship that well I just said waste we've been saying it's not about waste but you know what I'm saying when it comes quick quick interjection People misspeak. People make mistakes. So it's like, yeah, we're, we're saying don't say ways. You know what we meant, ladies and gents, back at home. Um, but that's like an important thing. If in the midst of a fight, one of us misspeaks, don't just like jump on that. Because again, it's you and your partner versus the issue, not one of us needing to win. 
And bringing it back to the not wasting, not viewing other relationships as waste, you learn how to do that by being in a serious partnership. I, you know, we've talked about this a lot over the past couple months. I would not be the person I'm able to be in this partnership had I not been in several other serious partnerships with other men. Because you learn how to be committed to someone by committing to people. And if it's the wrong person, obviously nobody tries to get committed to the wrong person or you wouldn't, you wouldn't be doing it, but you still learn so many things. You learn how to navigate somebody else's family. You learn how to be gentle with someone else's insecurities because we're not born with these emotional and social skills. We have to learn them through mentorship, which hopefully you had perfect parents and they, you know, I I think all of our parents are trying their best, but, uh, but even if you do have perfect parents, you still like riding a bike or launching your own career, knowing how to be an adult in relationships and how to not settle for something that's less than worth giving your entire life to. That's a skill you have to learn for yourself. And no amount of books or podcasts or parental guidance can really stand in the way that you learn how to love by loving and you learn how to love by making attempted commitments. And, you know, so when Connor and I got together, we both were like still being affected by breakups where we had a lot of shame uh, for slightly different reasons. But for both of us, the general gist was I was not supposed to be with that person and it went on too long and I'm embarrassed because you don't want to waste anyone's time and you don't want to waste your own time. Of course, you know, you want to, but we actually through, you know, the magic of us both going through those emotions, we're able to help each other realize you, if you know better, you do better, right? I mean, if I'd known that my ex was the wrong person for me, I obviously would not have gotten engaged to him. That goes without saying. (laughs) And uh, I might close out with this. Is that all right, my love? I know you have to focus. So, okay. So I'm going to close out with this anecdote, which is something I really wanted to say. So when I went through this gruesome breakup, you know, it was so bad. And I was really hitting my stride professionally, which meant that for the first time in my life, I was making more than enough money to not ever feel like, oh, you know, do I need seven roommates again? Because trust me, that was a very big part of my 20s for a while. So I was hitting my stride professionally, financially, spiritually, really getting a sense of who Jocelyn is as an adult woman. I was 28 years old. And, you know, every woman as she gets close to 30 has to be honest, if she's single anyway, Like, okay, my body can only really produce children for so long. Am I okay with not having a partner and doing it on my own? Or alternately, am I okay with just like not doing that? And of course I journaled and thought about it. I was like, you know what? I am. I mean, I have an amazing life. I love myself. I love my friends. I love my community. I am so privileged to do incredible work interviewing activists and people that I just deeply believe in, I'm more than okay with the fact that I might either have to be a mom on my own or I might not do that at all. Can I interject quickly? Please. So I think before she finishes her story, 
a quick counter tangent, but I think this is an important point to make that part of what this gets to is, you know, whoever you are, also part of focusing on yourself and focusing on you is building your own power. At all levels, being able to have the power and ability to walk away. Yes, husband. Because there are so many people in, you know, not to go on a rant about the, you know, structures of society we live in or even, you know, what Jocelyn said about having to have that many roommates. I've currently got two roommates and I've been working full time basically for half of my life and I'm 31, 31 now. I just turned 31. Oh, happy birthday. And, you know, we live in D.C. If you live in most major cities in America, it's pretty expensive. It's difficult. And so, like, finding ways to ensure that you're not staying in a relationship because you financially have to. So focusing on building your power so that if you do come to the conclusion through, you know, with yourself, with your partner, that it is not working out, um, that you're not just staying in it because you have to. So again, like building yourself up, not just for, you know, personal happiness reasons, but for the very little reasons of being able to do what makes you happy and makes you like safe, comfortable, and being able to do that, which again, you know, because Jocelyn did do that and build herself up to be, you know, very successful in her career. She's a badass. Um, it's something that everyone should do because you don't want to just be staying in a relationship because you need to. When you have a realization that any type of relationship is not bringing good into your life, you need to be able to take that and act accordingly. Well, and I love that you, look, as activists and organizers, we need to be advocating and just fighting like mad to dismantle the oppressive systems, which make it so difficult for people to build that power. And at the same time, not let ourselves off the hook and be like, oh, the system's unfair. Therefore, I'm not going to try to, you know, make sure that I'm sustaining myself as women or really, you know, for all my trans siblings, as anyone who is a part of a marginalized gender or sexual identity, especially, especially well, or racial, or any marginalized community, you need to make sure you always have the power to walk away. And that is so important. I love that you said that, baby. Thank you. Because, that, yeah, that was a, an intrinsic part of my horrible breakup. I did have that power. And my ex, you know, at the time made a lot more money than me, and he'd always be trying to, like, oh, baby, I got this, I got this. But I was like, you know what? No, it's important to me that I'm a woman who is paying for herself and making her own money and building her own career. And thank goodness I did that because I love the organization I work for, ActTV. I was recently promoted to Washington director. I've got to find a way to slip that in. <laughs> and I wouldn't have done that had in that relationship, I stopped being having a strong approach attitude towards not just my profession, but what I view as my purpose, right? And these causes I care about. And directly leading into where I was, because those things are so important to me and I'm so passionate about those things, when I became single, I was like, you know what? I'm not letting a a partner into this unless they are so incredible, just like so completely incredible that it is worth a disruption of the ecosystem. And this is where I think a lot of people settle. A lot of people settle because they don't do that. They say, I want a partner. This person has some stuff I like. I'll let them in. No, being single is about making your life 
such a powerful, passionate, wonderful place that you're not letting anyone in unless they are literally the best thing that's ever happened to you. And with Connor, I was legitimately angry after we hooked up because I love him so much and I always have ever ever since we were 18 years old. I was furious. I was like, Connor, you have disrupted the ecosystem. Those of you who know me know I can be quite infuriating. No, because Connor was like, all right, we're in love. Let's get married. I love you forever. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to Europe for a month. I can't handle this right now. Connor, I like being single. Feel free to flirt with whoever you want. And apparently that was not very sensitive to say, and I do regret it. But sort of. I also sort of don't because it was with that space and objectivity that I was able to really see, oh my goodness, what am I doing? This person is not only my soulmate, he's been my soulmate the entire time. We're deeply in love. We're deeply compatible. There is no reason to keep him out except the defensiveness I had against, you know, disruptions to this beautiful life that I feel so privileged to have. And I think that's a defensiveness you should have about your life. That is what keeps you from settling for the wrong person. When you love your life so much, you're like, yeah, I'm not just letting anyone into here. It's a, it's an exclusive club. And you know what? I kissed a lot of frogs in the two years between my last serious relationship and Connor. A lot. I went on a lot of awkward first dates. I had a couple awkward flings that were just like, I was like, I don't, eh, you know, a lot of that. Um, and I am incredibly proud that I didn't get into a serious relationship with any of those men. Me too. <laughs> For full disclosure, Connor also did not get into a serious relationship with any of those men. But it, it would have... <laughs> It would have been easy to, and we only have two minutes left, baby. So, yep. do you want me to close us out? Uh, wait, I mean, I just wanted to say quickly one thing that's also important is, again, honesty and trust, and just be introspective. You know, because you know she went to Europe for a month, and it was painful, but it was right. And then with that space, we both realized, like, oh, this, this is it. This is what's right. But then related to that is, you know, there were times when I was single where I wanted a partner. But it just, it, the right person wasn't there. So I was like, yeah, you know, this person I kind of like. But I would be, you know, forcing, you know, square peg into a round hole to try and make this work. And so, you know, don't, again, it just comes back to don't settle. Don't let someone into your life just because you want something in your life. If you want something in your life and if you feel emotionally lonely or desperate, that is the worst time to be dating. And I'm saying that from experience. And I learned this the hard way. Only date happy for the same reason you should only go to the grocery store when you're not starving. Because if you are unhappy, it is very easy to make the wrong person the accidental solution to all of your problems. Well, and so they will... Like grocery cart with 300 pounds of goldfish. <laughs> you know, what do I do with this? Yeah, the difference is I want goldfish in my mouth. Um, goldfish are very good. <laughs> so we are getting the morning that we're almost at time. And I will just close with this one final thought. Every single person on this planet, with a few rare exceptions, you know, think like Hitler-level exceptions, have the capacity to love big universally and do amazing things and have a life that's filled with purpose and opportunity and emotional and material security. 
And we need to fight for the political systems which create that. But in our own lives, the first thing we can do, and I love that Connor said, don't settle for a version of yourself. Don't settle for a person, a life, a community, or anything that is not befitting to the beautifully, tragically brief time we get on this beautiful planet. And with that, thank you for driving us home, you all. Yeah, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, we have missed y'all. We will be back soon. I mean, we need to do one about, yeah, just structural inequality and, like, we touched on housing and job yes. stuff and all this. So, yeah, stay tuned. That We have, in case you haven't noticed, lots more thoughts to share. Can't wait to be. Um, love yeah. yourself, everyone. <laughs> and just take that however you want. Yeah, just love yourself. In all the ways. <laughs> Good night.